You're listening to Theological Sidebar, where I, your host, will take you through a beautiful discussion of things that are interesting that come from the biblical text and the crazy world around us. Buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. Hit that subscribe button. Check out our YouTube channel. Um, I think that's about it. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Thought I'd uh, give you a little bit of a update on this discussion from Theological Sidebars. Uh, today's passage comes from the book of Matthew. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, uh, specifically 15 through 20. And here's what he says. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce good fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down, thrown in the fire, so you'll recognize them by their fruit. Okay, listen, um, here's the deal. Uh, you can go back and you can go look and see our message from Sunday of how we kind of dealt with that passage. Uh, but really, just two things that kind of really st struck me from here. Um, the first being this, is that all of us need to be aware of false teachers. And I think a lot of us, uh, just a reminder, we put a lot of stock in, well, it came from a Christian publisher. It's a Bible study. I've heard they've done it other churches or they used to be. You know, they've done some good stuff. Okay, all of us just need to beware um, of false teachers and false teaching. Um, there are plenty of things uh, that will get you off track by just reading them. Um, there are Bible studies that are popular, that are done in churches, and quite frankly, they're heretical, some of them. And, uh, and you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of the stuff that's being taught. You need to be aware. Um, we see kind of the clear patterns in the scriptures of they chip away at the gospel. Okay, that's important. Um, they, they will chip away at who Jesus is and what he came to do. Uh, that's a big, big thing. Uh, you'll see with false teaching and false teachers that they'll maybe add things, right? So they'll chip away at the gospel and maybe they'll say, well, you know, here's what we need to do. Or if Jesus didn't really mean this or do that, um, they'll chip away. Uh, or uh, at, at that, they'll they'll add things. They'll say things like, um, you know, yes, Jesus is important, but you still need to do X, Y, Z. Uh, you need to give. You need to do these things. This is what you really need to do. You just need to have more faith and do all this. Give to me my ministry. You know, Peter points that out uh, in First uh, Peter. I'll show you the text here. Uh, or in Second Peter, uh, as he is uh, going through, notice what he says about false teachers. There are indeed false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They'll bring in destructive heresies, denying the master who bought them, and will bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved ways, and the way of truth will be maligned by them. They will exploit you in their greed, and made, with made-up stories, their condemnation pronounced long ago is not idle, and their destruction does not sleep. So notice about them, right, that there's destructive heresies, uh, they're depraved ways. Uh, if you look at how that word is used, um, lack of self-constraint. So typically uh, that might include even some, you know, uh, you know, sexual things that they will be involved with. Uh, they're going to exploit you with greed um, those are some things that you'll notice is that like with false teachers, they'll chip away at the gospel. 
Uh, they're going to bring destructive heresies in the early church. It seems like they're dealing with you need Christ plus something else. Um, and so that, that some of the stuff that we need to see is what they're, be aware of those messages. All of us do. I'll tell you, one of the popular ones today is um, we don't need really the scriptures. We just need Jesus. Now, think about that. That sounds, on the whole, it sounds great, right? Yeah, we just, let's get away. We get so caught up trying to explain the Bible, and it's, you know, we just need Jesus. Um, the reality, though, is, and the problem with that is you don't get Jesus apart from the scriptures, okay? You don't get to determine and define who Jesus is on your own. You have to use the scriptures. You have to explain who he is from the Bible. So a lot of the time, I think that comes from people who just don't want to have to explain the Bible to you. And they would, would rather just talk about Jesus. But even if you look at the New Testament, the New Testament is explaining who Jesus is. And how do they do it? They do it from the Old Testament, right? That Jesus doesn't just pop on the scene, but they talk about him as if how he has fulfilled uh, prophecy, that he was the one who was coming, that he was the one who was acting in the Old Testament. So I'm very, very, very cautious about any time you'll ever hear someone say, oh, we just need Jesus. We really don't need the scriptures. And the popular one today is let's get rid of the Old Testament. But even with that, you know, we want to get rid of really any of the scriptures. We just want to talk about Jesus and maybe they'll get into the Bible at some point. But you got to know Jesus from the Bible. So anybody who wants to discount, don't get so much involved with the Bible. Um, you know, focus on Jesus. That's a big, big problem, a big red flag. Um, you need to keep the Bible in mind. That's how you beware, by the way, is you, 2 Timothy 3, uh, chapter, uh, 2, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. That's how you are aware of what heresy is and what a false teacher is going to teach, okay? The other thing that struck me on this, though, is behavior. Um, you know, I've always thought about false teachers in terms of just what they teach. And I was reluctant to call someone a false teacher based on lifestyle. But it's interesting, as you go through the passage that Jesus brings up, he says it twice, you will know them by their fruit. And he makes a big case that if you're really controlled by the Spirit of God, you're going to live a certain way, you're going to act a certain way. And that's important. I think that's for all of us. We want to make sure, are you a false convert? He's actually going to deal with that in the next section, right? Jesus is going to deal with false converts, people who claim to be, but they're not really. Um, but, I, but I think we need to ask the question, right, of... Um, you know, what do you do? What do you make of somebody who, who maybe they had a great message, um, but it was, you know, uh, they were pretty terrible people. What do we make about them? Um, I, I, I think we have to make a distinction, right? Maybe the message was good, but they are a false teacher as well because of the destruction in their wake that they left, right? Um, and so I think we need to make distinctions of what kind of false teacher do we mean. I think we can say they were false in the sense of they were not the person God had called them to be. And that's a big distinction in the Old Testament, right, of knowing the difference between false and, and true prophet is God sends the true prophet. God never sends the false prophet. And so he's mad when they speak and they act like they're speaking for God when he never sent them, right? That's, by the way, another thing cool in the Old Testament is prophets of the Old Testament, they were false, were typically just a mouthpiece of the culture. Anything that was popular, that's all they would do. They would just affirm, affirm, affirm. I think there's a lot of correlations to that. You want to look at who a false teacher is? 
Do they affirm just everything popular? Well, there you go. Uh, and not that everything popular is bad, but if they're just a mouthpiece of the culture, if you get from your preacher, you know, everything you can find on, you know, just on the news, um, you know, everything that's going to be espoused by the government, what's kind of the cultural feel for the day, you probably have someone who's a false teacher. Um, but I just think about lifestyle. I think that's how we need to evaluate. Like, you should see that somebody who's under the power of God's Spirit, if you look at Galatians, you know, uh, and it talks about what the fruit of the Spirit should look like, if that's not evidence, I think that's another type of false teacher. So we have ones that are explicitly bad in what they teach and how they try to, they're, whether they, they know it or not, they're a tool of Satan. Some maybe are dead set. Some are probably just a tool of Satan, and they just Death, they believe it to their core. I think how many false faiths have started from somebody who believed it to their core? Um, okay, um, still a tool of Satan, uh, false teacher. They've chipped away the gospel. You know, Paul even says if anyone brings another gospel in Galatians, they're accursed. Okay, but then there's the other type of false teacher, which I think is somebody who has brought so much destruction from what they've done in their lifestyle to people. So maybe they looked great on the front end, but their lifestyle is what, uh, what brought them. I, I, I guess maybe I kind of wrestle with that. It's like, um, like the story of Balaam in the book of Numbers, right? Because Balaam's weird. Balaam is this prophet who is an ancient Near Eastern prophet. He's pagan. God uses him. There's some great scripture that he puts in the mouth of Balaam. And so you might kind of think when you leave the narrative, like, oh, he got it. Like, Balaam is finally a mouthpiece for the Lord now. And then you find out, okay, he might have said some good things, and God spoke through him and, and used him to speak some words. Um, all true and beautiful prophecy. Especially when you get to number 24 and you start seeing some of the messianic stuff that's there. Just incredible things in Numbers 24. Um, but then you look a little bit further and guess what he does is he helps hatch a plan to destroy Israel, not from theology necessarily, but through sex. Um, and as they get tied up with the women around and the other cultures, then they begin to follow their gods. And so perfect plans hatched done. Um, and so you, you kind of maybe can see that like, that's similar to, what we see with you know false teachers today, right? Is and maybe it's, maybe it's a great message, but but look at the look at the chaos and the disaster. Maybe how many people's lives have they wrecked with what they've done behind the scenes? And so I think we might need to just have a classification of different types of false teachers, but all of that thrown into false teaching. So just an interesting thing, maybe something else to think about. Maybe that should make us. Um, maybe because it's so broad, you know, it's helpful to be able to call it what it is, but also you want to reserve judgment. You don't want to call someone a false teacher just because you deal with, you, you differ on, you know, really basic or not basic, but, you know, very, you know, third level kind of issues, right? Like, what are they? What are they? Are these really heretical things? But there's something that's clear you can call a false teacher's lifestyle, right? So those are just some things to think about. Just me rambling today, but I wanted to get that out there. And uh, hopefully uh, that'll hopefully that's helpful to you. But other than that, I'm done. I'll talk to you guys later on. Take care. Bye.